folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Oh! Hey, everybody. It's Kai Pornexter here with Chipley. It's me. It's Bob Fackett. And today on Small Package, we dedicate the first quarter, almost third of the show, to reviewing Evolve 82. Evolve was a good show. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, we're talking about Raw and SmackDown-ish, Not really. But it's the go-home for payback, and we've got our predictions. You wouldn't know it from watching it. Who should be released from WWE to make room for talent? And Vince McMahon is getting a biopic. We're going to fantasy book who plays him. All that and more today on the Small Package Show. Well, if you look at all of it, you'll get spoilers for some surprise questions I have. Oh, namely who will play Vince? Because I, I looked down and I saw Willem Dafoe, but at first, at first, I thought it said Willem DeForce. And I was like, is that some kind of shitty indie wrestler's name that yeah. they're going with? Their gimmick is Willem Dafoe, the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, man. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's Small Package time. It's Small Package. We're here with another episode of the Small Package Show. Let's get this shit over with. All right. So, first off, I need to just uh, address this for all the continuity for all like five, seven, maybe ten if we're hit a hot week. Who knows, dog? People who listened last week. So, in the opener for last week's episode, we mentioned that Asuka was so close. So close to breaking Goldberg's record. Ten matches. And we didn't... (laughs) Talk, about, talk it. about it at all on the show. Uh, I don't know how, because I don't feel like that much happened that last week. We, but, we but bullshitted we a lot about nothing yeah. last week. It was like a Seinfeldian episode of Small Package last week. Um, but Asuka has since broken the record. Hey, good job. And I'm so sad because before we went on air last week. To my fellow game journalist, Asuka. Mm-hmm. Is she? She, she, really? she is... I thought it was written a joke. articles and done graphic design for official Xbox Magazine Japan. That's dope. That is not a joke. She is she's a legitimate game journalist. Dope AF. A minor. Makes capacity. you wonder what are you doing with your life? You're not the women's not champion. Not being a pro wrestler. You're not the women's NXT champion. Right? I I Well, in all fairness, Asuka's got a couple years on me. Sure. The homegirl's like 35? Wow, really? I didn't think she was that old. Asian don't raise them. Oh, that's a new one I've never heard before. <laughs> are, are you are you talking like grape or are you talking like bread when you say raisin? Oh, grape, obviously. Oh, so I, I, my my brain. It could be that Kale and I've been watching the Great British Bake Off or whatever on Netflix. Great show, by the way. But I've just I was thinking like proofing bread, like yeah, letting no. these rise. It's as in get wrinkles like a raisin. But then I was like, but then I was like the bread one. I was just like, wait a second. But if it never rises, they would all just be children forever. Anyway, so uh, so I'm so pissed though because last week off air before we recorded, we were talking about Asuka and we were speculating on what if Goldberg showed up to NXT and speared her <laughs> to prevent her from be- breaking his record, mm-hmm. which would have been just absolutely a treasure. Um, I mean, no, or or a disaster depending <laughs> on how you look been at it. Fucking terrible. I no, I would have I would have thought it was hilarious, but. Um, also, it would have sucked because, you know, she she's on an actual legitimate hot streak. Um, and it, you know, yeah, well, anyway, I was under the impression, too, that Nia had gotten one over on 
Oscar, but I guess that didn't happen. I guess the only time that Nia got one over on Oscar was like outside of matches or after a match had already been like DQ'd. But I digress. Congratulations to Oscar, the newest holder for Big the win. long streak in WWE. Big win. So I say that we go ahead and open up with Evolve eighty two. Uh, sure. Let's 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 do that. There's just a weird sound in your hallway, which is why there's always weird sounds in my hallway. I don't think that these microphones always pick them up, but sometimes people will hear us react to noises. There's like dogs in the apartment building next door, but we share a wall with them, so we're constantly hearing dogs, airplanes. My air conditioner, whenever it's going, is usually the hum noise you hear. Um, in the winter time, there was lots of hisses from my radiator. And then there's always just people in my hallway making weird noises. Anyway, let's get to it. Evolve 82. So uh, Riddle opened up the show by defeating Timothy Thatcher to retain his WWN championship. Which was a good match. Um, Fun. It was pretty expected. Sure. Uh, to, I mean, let's be real. Thatcher just got off of massively long reign with the vault belt. Yes. They aren't going to immediately throw a bigger prize on the guy. I mean, it would have gotten heat. I think. Yeah, but... Because people would have been upset by it. Riddle had just won the belt in over Mania weekend. Exactly. So, unless they're going to debut a new belt and then immediately hot potato it off the champ. And let's be real. Let's be real. Like, Riddle is clearly the big push for WWN. Evolve, too. But, like, overall, just across WWN, um, I mean, he's on all... He's on a ton of Evolve's official merch. he's, He's... Bro. At this point... Like, I'd say in the top five guys who are purely indie wrestlers right now probably. in terms of like hype and demand. Um, I would say I would probably agree with that if you count the Young Bucks as one. As one, sure. Because um, Adam Cole, we'll but get to him in, later. In all but. fairness, in all fairness, the Young Bucks are not in the top five most desired separately. <laughs> no. I mean as nobody's going, I really want one of the young bucks. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean that's a that's a fun discussion for another time. Um and I do have something about Adam Cole coming up later in the show. Uh but yeah, no, it was a fun match. Uh, the King of the Bros always fun always for the crowd. Good guy. You, Big face pop. Uh also on our Facebook there's a video from the I want to say it was the Galloway and Saber Jr. segment um, where Riddle came up into the crowd and I gave him a little fist bump. I did not realize that this was part of the show that was going on. They were filled. There was a camera crew following Riddle as he came up to the stage to point at Galloway and Galloway addressed him. I interrupted that by turning around. You just thought he was out there to check the show and, yeah, and, like, hang hey, out buddy. Fa- and hang out with fans. He's always hanging out with fans. So I turn around while he's doing that and, and throw up a fist pump and go, yo, bro, fantastic match, bro. And he goes, oh, thanks, buddy, and hits the bump and then goes back to pointing at the ring. At about that point, I realized I may have gotten involved in something. <laughs> right. And then you had to go sign a waiver. Yeah. So they brought out like, Fucking a couple of, which I'm a sound guy, so I'm used to seeing these kinds of image releases. Yeah, and sure. stuff. But I had to fill out some paperwork because they're like, hey, you are now in that segment. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we got you directly interacting with somebody. Because so. like, there's signs that are up when you walk in that yeah, say... It's like you're going to get filmed because so, it's a live event. But that's fine for people who don't actually get involved if they're just in the crowd. But apparently I accidentally... 
You, you touched a wrestler in dude. the show. That's that's cheating. I'm surprised uh, that security guard from WrestleMania didn't come up and pull a Gronk <laughs> on me. No, no, no. What are you that doing? A little blonde woman just yeah. runs uh, over, tackles you. Um, <laughs> uh, then we had ACH defeated Austin Theory, and that was a fun match. Some it was, lulls. It was good, um, but the crowd was really confused. Yeah, because. When it's when it's one thing like you know Thatcher versus somebody or, or <laughs> you know all ego versus somebody, it's very clear who's going to be the heel and who's going to be the face, and so you know who to cheer and you know who to boo. But when it's ACH versus Austin Theory, who are both good guys, uh, I mean, are they both? I mean, they're both. Well, Austin well, came yeah, out for yeah, the save came, later in the night, yeah. And so, and ACH is definitely a fan favorite, and he doesn't act heelish. He's yeah, got no, a very he's, he's very gimmick. facey, yeah. Especially since his ring gear's fucking one piece. It's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the times when when it's two guys like that who aren't you know as clear cut, who's the face, who's the heel, it's just a clean match. It's just, yeah, everyone's just kind of like, uh. Go wrestling? <laughs> yeah. It definitely... Uh, there were moments also where I felt like the crowd lulled a little bit. Not LOL. Lulled. Yeah. L-U-L-L-E-D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were just some times where the action... You know, they, they have to have little breaks in that match because both of them do a lot of flippy, high-flying shit. So it can't just be that for 10 minutes, however long they had. Um, but yeah, ACH went over... It was fun. An unpopular opinion with you, mm-hmm. but it's fun hearing little girls chant. But oh, when no. little girls chant for the whole goddamn match, shut up. Yeah, I. Kayla, Kayla had pointed out, and you'll definitely hear it if you watched either the stream, rewatch the stream, or watch the DVD of the show. Um, there was a table of uh, some parents had brought their daughters to watch it, and these are maybe like ages like seven to ten yeah um the youngest one was probably like seven the oldest one was like 10 11 um and it was it's it was cool to see them there i'm i'm i get where you're coming from completely it was cool to see them there and for them to be into the show um and at, at after matt riddle's match he blew them a kiss and one of them borderline fainted and it was fucking priceless um, but yeah, during the ACH Austin Theory match, especially the rest of the show, I felt like they were a little bit more toned down. Toned down. Maybe I they think, got a little tired. Yeah, they blew they blew out their vocal cords um, watching this match. But they chanted ACH for almost the entire match, including at some points. Just I don't know how four or five little girls were able to overpower a crowd of dudes, but there was a couple times where the crowd would start at a chant and they were just like, no. The chant is A-C-H. A-C-H. Um, I, maybe the fact that he's very anime-themed and had like anime-themed catchphrases helped with them. I don't know. Um, but I definitely see where you were coming from. Right, and especially since... The weird thing is, like, the anime things that he references are, I can't imagine, Minute. popular for... 10 year old girls like he does this like super chop where he goes special beam cannon and like that's funny for you and me who get piccolo in dbz right but like do 11 year old girls watch dbz i don't know do 11 year old girls watch wrestling maybe they're only they do maybe maybe these are outliers (laughs) good point so uh regardless yeah that during that match specifically they were a little 
Mojo Raleigh. They were a little too. They weren't. They didn't get hyped. They stayed hyped. They were too the hyped. The whole night. The, yeah, the whole match. They too were too hyped. Uh, but that was, I think, Kay, one of Kayla's highlights. Also, she mentioned this for the last show when that dad brought his daughter and bought them front row tickets. Uh-huh. Um, it is kind of cool to see. Like, there's this weird when it comes to evolve more than any other kind of wrestling show I've been to. Like dads bringing their daughters and the daughters being like this is awesome but to the same point kayla does not enjoy wrestling particularly any other time except for these live indie shows yeah I, i'm i'm glad to see that evolve is popular and it seems to be growing and it seems to have a decent fan base but mm-hmm. it's also just kind of a little weird sure to have like these are these aren't this isn't PG television. Yeah, this is. These are like swearing and cussing and more adult show. We're sure. in a nightclub. Like, yeah. I mean, but Acapulco has uh, quinceañeras, so who knows? That's a Queens reference for anybody listening from Astoria. But uh, uh, I mean, at, the next night they were in a, a church sure. gym, so that's at least a little also bit on more. the note. Real quick, before I get back to the second card, if anyone from Evolve is listening, we're so happy that you guys are growing and expanding and getting bigger and getting coverage. Maybe don't put so many seats on the fucking stage at the boom <laughs> because you literally sat a couple behind the screen for the entrance ramp for the entrance yeah, area, yeah. and they could not see. And then when the people from Evolve, their initial thing was, oh, let's just scoot down. It's like, scoot where? You've put so many of these fucking chairs on the stage, which also then you're having stage spots later in the night. Yeah, where I lost my bottle of water that I paid $5 for, right. which, talk about a fucking ripoff. Which, that's $5. on LaBoom. That's on LaBoom. That's sure. not on Evolve. But still... Man, they're worried. It's not involved that I lost my bottle of water. They're so worried about us sneaking in knives and joints. They should be worried about people sneaking in bottles of water. Dude, they made a dude dump out his camelback. Did you see that? Yeah. I was like, well, they made uh, Corey the first time we went. Our oh, buddy yeah. Corey, he had to dump out his shout water out, bottle. Shout out to Corey, friend of the show. Man, if you want to go to Laboom again, hit us up. I got right. no beef with a with a second Corey being in there. They're, they're, uh, the next show is June 25th, 29th, somewhere. Somewhere in later June, so mm-hmm, that's around my birthday. I'm excited. Hopefully, all right. Well, let's get back to the card. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, so then we had a segment where Galloway came out. There was not a match with Zack Saber Jr. as much as yeah, there was. They were they were scheduled to have a match, but then Oof. obviously since Galloway got signed to NXT, uh, they they aren't going to have a title match. And if you're not going to have a title match, then why bother having like a regular match? It would have been spoiled. So so yeah, they just kind of like. Did a did a classic Zach Galloway run around? <laughs> yeah, so Galloway came out, he which gave, is a new girl joke because yeah. that's how we roll on this show. Yeah, new girl's actually a really funny show. It is. I've watched a couple. I watched when Prince was on the show. Okay, that was pretty funny. Like I watched like two episodes before and two episodes after, and then I was like, it's funny, but like Zoe Deschanel's like just a little bit too quirk for me. I just, sure, and, and it, it's. It, the show shines on the guys. Yeah, she is which definitely. Is, which, by the way, is kind of bullshit since it's her show and it's called New Girl. Yeah, and but, the, the male characters are the best characters on the show. Anyway, uh, we are getting. We keep doing this. We do this to ourselves. We can't help it because we're so entertaining. 
You and me, that's a... The, uh, po- the point is, over. they just kind of ran around and threw some f- fists. That and- came out, and it, it started off like a, like, like a fight, like an even fight, and then it r- rapidly developed into Galloway beating him down, and then... Uh, I think it was Austin Theory who came out for the save, or was it Yehi? No, Theory came it? out for the uh, Darby save. Later, right. Uh, somebody came out and saved him. Was it Riddle? Was it Riddle coming back? Mm, no, because he was just on the stage for that. I, I feel think. I feel like it was Yehi. But, it might have been. Um, regardless. No, it was Keith Lee. Oh, right. Because Keith Lee came match. out, and then he's like, well, since I'm here, <laughs> guess right. I'll have my match now. So Keith Lee came out and made the save. That's who it was. Um, yeah, which they're obviously positioning Lee to be a uh, title contender yes. for the Evolve belt. Uh, so Good. expect to see some Keith Lee versus Zack Sabre Jr. title matches soon. Also, did you see that uh, the gif of Keith Lee that Ricochet tweeted out of him versus... Uh, Jeff Cobb, Mr. Athletic. No, oh, oh my, my god. god. That's so they, like a hoss versus hoss fight. Dude, uh, at one point, Jeff Cobb, because his nickname is Mr. Athletic. Yeah. Um, on most of the scene. And, I mean, the man is very athletic. And also big. And he fought Keith Lee and, and fucking Ricochet tweeted out a gif from, I, it looked like a PWG show from the surrounding, of Jeff Cobb picking up, like, pump handle picking up Keith Lee in one corner, but then in the process of walking diagonally to the other corner, switching his hold from a pump handle to just like, uh, over the shoulder. no, no, it was not over the shoulder, just horizontal holding him and just walking around with Keith Lee, like a husband carrying a wife over the threshold. Yes. Except not even like under the knees and behind the shoulders, which would be easy still in that kind of pump handle. Oh God. Hold. And then just, reverse over the head tossing him Ugh. and he tosses him i shit you not past the halfway mark of the ring Ugh. and it's absolutely fucking bonkers because when you've seen keith lee in person you're like that is a big right? man. he's bigger than jeff cobb yeah by by a lot i mean and keith lee's still athletic but jeff cobb my god it's uh, it's it's for people who don't know these people it'd be like the equivalent of doing that to like mark henry Honestly, yeah. like figure size wise, it'd I, be like I've seen Mark Henry Bubba in person. Ray doing it to Mark Henry, maybe, maybe like, but because like Bubba Ray is obviously a big guy, but, but Mark Henry's still bigger. But Jeff Cobb is, is I think, a little bit, but it's it's not like heavy, like chubby. It's just that he's like he's very muscular. Now he does have a little bit on him, but you know some sweet wine no, roll. No, dude's a box, <laughs> but he's just got he's just man. It, you have to look up this. Go to Ricochet's. Uh, Twitter account. It's on there from the last like, couple days. Um, speaking of Keith Lee, he stayed in the ring uh, and was defeated by Kyle O'Reilly. And I have news on Kyle O'Reilly coming up soon in the show too. Hey now. Um, and it was a it was an entertaining match. Uh, that was a good fight. The the um, DQ finish that was overturned by Keith Lee. Yeah, Very I mean cool. he he had the victory uh, via DQ, and he's like. That's bullshit. I don't want to go out like that. Let's keep going. He called his package uh, the People's Anaconda. The People's Anaconda. Nobody ends a match by accidentally hitting the People's Anaconda. Um, which which uh, was also interesting because it certainly seemed like they presented it like it was an accident. It, yeah. It's not like Kyle O'Reilly was like, I'm going to heal it up and kick him in the dick. It was more like he's up on the turnbuckle and I'm punching him and whoops, I kind of grazed his nuts right. and the ref calls for the DQ. That was an interesting finish. Um, 
And then after that, we had Tracy Hot Sauce Williams and Freddie High uh, Catchpoint versus well, Catchpoint A. Catchpoint A versus Jaka and Chris Dickinson, aka Catchpoint B, Dirty Daddy, aka the Doom Patrol, uh, at aka also Catchpoint. Um, and Jaka and Chris Dickinson won, won the, match. the belts. This was surprising. This to is see. my biggest pop of the night because I'm a huge fan of Dirty Daddy. Chris, you Dickinson. do love that Dirty Daddy. Uh, it was a very, very fun match. Um, it was a great match, and I'm really surprised because um, ever since we really got into Evolve in the uh, early 70s, I mean huh. early 70s of the Evolve numbers, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Yehai and uh, Hot Sauce have been the tag champs this whole time so uh it's pretty surprising to see them uh finally drop the belts but interesting that they dropped the belts to also catch point because at the end of the match they did like a tense "Ooh, are they gonna have a post-match beat down but then they didn't and they went with the respectful handshake Mm -hmm. so i don't know catch point handshake which i thought was kind of neat um yeah it's it's very interesting to see that uh you know they because the it can be confusing for people who don't follow um it would be the equivalent of if you don't follow evolve but you follow other indie wrestling it'd be the equivalent of the bullet club being all of the encompassing members but there being a tag team of just two dudes who call themselves the bullet club and were the bullet club tag team champions so to lose it to other people in the bullet club who aren't called the bullet club tag team you know a lot of people, when they hear Catchpoint, they think of EAI and Tracy Hot Sauce Williams, but it is a larger group roster of dudes. Um, but still, great match. That crucifix powerbomb ending, just very cool. Uh, then after that was the main event. And oh boy, too many children in the room for this match, I felt like. This was brutal. I'm uh, going to... I'm going to say some words sure. that I don't want to say, sure. but I have to say. Do it. Underwhelmed. Wow, really? I mean, so it would later come out that fucking Darby Allen fractured his elbow oh, or some shit. Did you hear what they, real quick, just, and then you continue on this rant, they figure out exactly what happened to him. Oh, yeah? The shovel spot. It was the shovel spot? Oh, no. <laughs> the shovel spots where it started. Okay. You remember when he took the swing, Ethan Page took the swing with the shovel? Yeah, and he did the whoop. He sliced his elbow open, uh-huh. Darby Allen's elbow, from about a quarter inch below, like, below the elbow to about an inch above the elbow, almost to the bone. Okay. It sliced, mu- it sliced at least to the muscle. In some parts, they think it sliced to the bone. Okay. <laughs> which is bonkers. And then when he took the diving ladder or diving, not ladder diving chair spot off the top turnbuckle, his already overexposed elbow fractured in two spots. And then he took the body bag thumbtack spot Ugh. and he couldn't defend himself in the bag and got a thumbtack in it. <laughs> so Loss, including the loss. Rough night for Darby Allen. Y- yeah. Wow. Especially since I'm pretty sure he wrestled the next night. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if he did or not. I Maybe? That's. I thought I saw it. I know he was on the card for the next night. I do not know if he actually... 
but, out of match out of all of eighty. That would have been eighty three. But of the three Darby matches we've seen live, I feel like this was his weakest one. I mean, obviously, sure. Homeboy's arm got fucking annihilated, right? But like. You know, considering how they had like these build-ups for this and this video packages yeah. for this, and then like the previous week they had an evolve match that I didn't see, but sure. all of accounts say was great, and it was you know no DQ match, and it had uh, Darby Allen standing strong sure. over Ego, and everyone was like, yeah, this is kind of a great ending to this feud, mm. and then they do the next match. Which was like they put on a nine and then they do the next one for a seven. And you're like I feel like eh, it, it would have been it would have been as good of a unnecessary? match. Unnecessary? It it may have been unnecessary. I feel like it would have been as good of a match if Darby hadn't got hurt pretty or fairly early in the match. It was pretty early. That shovel spot was easily in the first third of the match. Um and so there was a lot of cool stuff. They did the uh, thumbtack in a body bag. And then which the body bag spot, I will say this about the body bag spot. I'm somebody who, fair enough, I I get a little bit like, uh, uh, when I watch certain spots in wrestling because I'm not in the way that like let's say Kayla and Lauren do where they like they're literally shying. Yeah, away. their suspension of disbelief is almost too high for it. But at the same time, there are spots that I see and I go, oh man, that's kind of an unnecessary risk for the wrestler. Yeah. Being, and in a, being put in a body bag filled with thumbtacks. Well, even without thumbtacks, the body bag spot is dangerous because you're blind for it. Yeah. So you can't, you have to really be relying on your wrestling opponent. Exactly. To not fucking murder. you, And also your opponent can't see your body positioning in the bag. So when you have stuff like the power bomb in the body bag, you know, it's already... Right. You, you don't know if the guy in there is lined up right. You don't know if you're about to dump him on his neck. And now that you have thumbtacks in the bag, too, I mean, that's some, like, CZW level shit. Yeah. Where it's, like, to me, it, it actually made me a little too uncomfortable to truly enjoy the spot. The spot looked cool. Seeing it on playback, it looks cool. I get it. But at the same time, as a wrestling fan who you know, interacts with these people sometimes and, and likes them as people and care and worries about the performance as the actors, as the, the performers themselves. It's just a spot that I don't need to see. I don't need to see thumbtacks in a body bag in a power slam, like or a power bomb. It's just kind of a necessary. That being said, a lot of interesting spots They went back on the stage again. The, the stage beat down this time I felt was like almost cooler the fact that they walked up there and they just brawled on the stage and then oh yeah I I I agree with you that I mm-hmm. like the stage spot better this time than the other two times we've seen Darby sure. up on the stage, especially since I'm pretty sure it was Darby who got like super ferocious once he got oh, yeah. up there he's like everyone move out of the fucking way yeah. and like just starts going nuts on it on ego, um, but it, it overall it just felt like. And also, I mean, I, I get that Ego has the gatekeepers. He has those two extra guys. Yeah. But then you have you have Ego, you have Darby, you have both the gatekeepers. You then get Austin Fury at the end. Right. And this is a small and Priscilla. area. And Priscilla. Well, not on the stage in the ring, but still. Sure, but this is a small performance area. They now are throwing six people into a last man standing, like le- chairs everywhere, mm-hmm. like shit fest. Like... 
it just got sloppy to me at the end. Sure. I can, I can too see many that. cooks in the kitchen, too many cooks. Um, I, I definitely can see where you're coming from. I still enjoyed it a lot, but I definitely think that the ending without knowing what had happened to Darby, the ending felt a little anticlimactic, the whole burying him under the chairs. I have expected him to get up. And then when he did, and I was like, oh, I mean, I was happy because I actually like Ego a lot, but... And also the fact that it's a last man standing match, and there were points where guys were on the ground and the ref wasn't counting. The ref, like, never counted that when people were down, there were which two, was kind of weird. There were two spots where the ref started to count, and Ethan turned around and, like, threatened the ref and said, don't count. Yeah. Um, but there were definitely times where... Like the whole thing sure. with the chairs, he was on the ground for like 30 seconds and then they piled him up with chairs sure. on the ground for like another minute. Well, and then the ref was like, oh yeah, one, two, three. And you're like, technically in a last man standing match, if you make an attack or advance on your enemy, the count resets or doesn't happen. So I can see for that spot exclusively why every time he threw a chair, the ref would be restarting his count. Um, and halo to Kayla, friend of the show. But uh, Kayla is failedly trying to sneak into our recording session. Well, right. Kayla's like, hey, if I keep my arms close to my chest, then my keys that are just dangling don't make a sound. Hey, Kayla, real quick, since you're, uh, since we're on the podcast talking about Evolve 82, what'd you think of the show? It was a lot of fun. I really liked it. That's very concise. You enjoyed the show. Anything that stood out to you that you had fun with? Let me do this when I'm not getting home from a shitty day at work, please. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, Evolve 82 happened. It was good. Had a lot of fun. Can't wait for the next one to come out. Um, check that off the list. And and we spent a lot of time on Evolve, but that's fine because there's not a lot else yeah. in Raw and SmackDown. Because, I mean, Raw... What happened on Raw? Here's the problem with go-home shows these days on on, on WWE. Sure. They have a pay-per-view. It happens. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not. Who cares? The next night on Raw, they set up the next pay-per-view. And then you're just kind of like, okay, great. I guess we have to cruise another three weeks until we get to it because we already know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely And so, agree. like, the go-home show, which should be, like, the final, oh, man, here's what's going to get you to tune into this pay-per-view, is just negated. It's pointless, because, yeah. like, the what jo- more story can they fucking tell? Because they already just shot their load in the first episode of Raw. I think that that's exa- the exact, like, metaphor or analogy that I used with you the other night, where I was like, it'd be like tuning into a porn, where the pay-per-view is the cum shot, and... Everything else, normally, if you were doing it properly, you'd have foreplay, probably some oral, sex, and then, oh, look at that, the pay-per-view is the cum shot. Instead, WWE kind of goes, okay, let's start off with, like, a blowjob, followed up by intense fucking for, like, 30 seconds, then 25 minutes of foreplay, and then, oh, shit, it's the pay-per-view again. Yeah. No, it's... They they should have taken the last three weeks and flipped them. They should have went dumpster match with Kalisto for Strowman three weeks ago. Uh-huh. The ring with Braun could have either happened on the go home or last week. Debatably, you could have flipped those two. Yeah. And then the Roman the stretcher tip. 
um, that would have been a great order to it. Because don't get me wrong, the beatdown on Kalisto with the dumpster, it was neat to see Kalisto get the sw- like kick the leg out victory. Yeah, it was funny to see him, but like that would have been a great catalyst to make Braun go on a rampage. Exactly. You know what? I got beat by this shitty little guy. Like I need to take out everybody now. Oh, real quick, while we're talking about Braun, just to interject that dead weight lift. Oh my slam. god! Oh my god, dude! I. Christ, Kalisto's on the ground. Braun, after kicking him so hard that my TV rattled, uh, picks goes over, goes for a choke slam lift, and in the choke slam lift, Kalisto is laying on the ground, dead fucking weight. There's no assist here, and then picks him up off the ground and into a choke slam. So you already have Kalisto just dead weight getting picked up. And then he does it two more times. Dead weight. And then puts him in the dumpster, ratchet traps it, push it off the stage. It was a very intense moment, but it cannot, on the go-home show, it can't live up to the fact that we watched him flip an ambulance. Flip a goddamn ambulance And then no-sell breaking a ring. Like, yeah, they no. reversed the order on that. Watching a dumpster fall four feet is nowhere near as impressive as watching a dude flip over a goddamn ambulance. And we're not talking ambulette. Full-on the boxy ambulance. Um, so that was a little underwhelming. I can't even really remember too much else that even happened on Raw TBH. Like, uh, we got, you know, fucking... Jericho and Dean against The Miz and Bray came out as the surprise tag team partner, which I don't even know what they're doing with the Bray story right now. Like he's got the House of Horror shows House of Horror match at Payback against Randy Orton that is not for the title, and then also he's calling up Finn, but now he's fucking with Dean Ambrose again. Like, I is if they're making him look strong, that's fine. Yeah, they did at least they made him look strong at the end of last night, and that's, that's like the good. only positive. So maybe he'll beat Randy Orton. Who knows? We'll see. Um. Can you even think of anything else that was really interesting from Raw? Because I, I thought it was one of the worst Raws I've seen in a while. It was just very slow. I really can't. So, which is unfortunate because we're talking about a fucking go home to a pay-per-view. And yeah, when we're just like, well, I guess two things happened in three I mean, hours. Is Dean even defending his IC title? No. I mean, I, he maybe has a match. Here, at, let me pull up the card. Um, oh God, yeah, that'd be great. I know. I, I complete. I I wrote out this entire sheet, this entire sheet of stuff for us to talk about on the show today, and Raw was so bad I didn't even think about the payback. Writing card. out payback card. Oh man. Um, I know pre-show is Club versus Enzo and Cass. Yeah. Um. Owens Jericho for the U.S. and the winner goes the to SmackDown. SmackDown. Um, Hardy's versus Shazamus, which will be a good match. They've had a good feud going on. I'm interested to see what they do in terms of. Um, they did actually. I do remember at the end of their match they had that tense handshake. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. Uh, Bailey versus Bliss. Sure, I'm imagining they're putting the title on Bliss. I mean, they're in San Jose, so that means Bailey's going to lose because it's a hometown. Uh, Rollins, Joe. Wait a second. 
We should be doing our fucking oh, prediction too. Right. So wait, so Enzo and Cass Enzo versus and Cass. Club. I got to write this down so club. that I can keep track of us. Although we may be, I, I'm debating on whether or not we do one of those PW scorecards for this one or not. I mean, I'm not even going to be able to watch it live, so probably not. And it's also not that great pay per view looking right now. So Enzo and Cass versus the club. Who you got? The club. Enzo and Cass don't need a win. They're still over. The club, the, if the club loses to fucking Enzo and Cass, that's almost as bad as them both losing to Roman Reigns, like yeah. which happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, all right. So next, ma- I'm going club as well. Next one, uh, KO Jericho. I think we can all say KO's gonna win here. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, are you really going to say that Jericho is going to win? Go to SmackDown, kick Kevin Owens off of SmackDown? No, no. Especially now that they did the uh, thing with AJ and Baron Corbin and Zayn. Next thing, um, that's Bailey. Uh, uh, Bailey Bliss. I'm going to go Bliss. Uh, I'm also going to go Bliss. We have not disagreed yet once. Next one, uh, Rollins Joe. This is. A toss-up. This is an interesting one. Um, Who you got? I think I'm going to go Joe. He hasn't really had a singles match. He's definitely not had a pay-per-view singles match. Um, Well, he's definitely not had a pay-per-view anything, because he's only been available for Mania. Mania. Uh, I'm going to go Rollins. I mean, unfortunately, I I think that it's not the time for Joe to win. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming there, but I also think that they keep Joe looking strong with a win, and they can start building like a almost babyface-ish type the only way that build I see, up, or like an underdoggy type build up for Rollins. The only way I see Joe winning, honestly, because they're trying because I don't think that they'll kill Rollins's babyface push right now, is if Joe beats him up and then there's either outside interference on behalf of Joe or Joe uses a weapon in which case Rollins wins by DQ. So my, my that's me hedging my bet by saying Rollins. I think that Joe will look stronger at the end of the match. I think Rollins will win. Okay. Next match. Uh, Rain Strowman. <laughs> oh my God. So God damn it. I don't want to predict this. Match. I've heard some interesting rumors that uh, Reigns isn't going to even be on the show. They're going to just keep selling his ambulance injury. Okay. Um, so who knows what will actually happen here? So here's what I think we can do. Predict Strowman versus Reigns. And if Reigns doesn't show up, then we'll just call it a push. Ah, uh, man. So here's the thing. They obviously need to make Roman look strong. And uh, but do they feed Strowman to Reigns and injured Reigns? Kayfabe injured, but yeah, I but uh, are they going to just cut Reigns? I'm going Strowman. I I think I'm going to go Strowman. Okay. They're going to go with Strowman and then they're going to give Strowman a match with with uh Lesnar for the belt. That would be interesting. And then he's going to lose, and then they're going to give Roman the match with Lesnar for the Okay, uh, what's left on the card? Um, we got Neville versus Austin Aries again for the Cruisers. Who do you got? Do you want me to predict first? Will that make it life easier on you? Sure. 
Uh, I think that they're going to put the belt on Aries finally. Okay. Um, then just to be contrarian, they're going to keep it on Neville. You're probably going to win that point. I'm not. I'm not extremely confident, but see, I'm actually not confident either because uh, I feel like you know Neville's had a great heel run. Yeah, and I just don't know how long they're going to let it go. And hopefully forever. He's 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 amazing. I'm but. glad that they didn't t- do it at Mania. And if they're if they didn't do it at Mania, then I yeah. don't know when they are. So uh, what's left on the card? Then all we got left is the shit show of a match. House of Horrors. Wait, let me try that one more time. The House of Horrors. Horrors, horrors. I'm going to do that in post. I'm going to add a little uh, tape delay echo. Uh, So we have Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton in a no disqualification half pre-tape match that'll end in a ring. Or something. Or something. Or something. Worms. Because the, it still sounds like they don't even know. I got Wyatt. What WWE is doing. I'm calling Wyatt now that it's a non, non-title match and they're trying to make him look strong on Raw. And It's got to be Wyatt. Because, I mean, if you if you tell me that a guy comes up with his own match in his own backyard and it's not for a title... And then he loses? What a fucking geek. <laughs> like He eats chicken heads. I Who says, come to my house and play my game that I made up and then loses? A sledgehammer! <laughs> like, Trips did it. Um, we need a tiebreaker because as it stands right now, we only differ on two matches. And uh, it's entirely possible that we tie. So what what should our tiebreaker be for payback? Mm. We can go stupid and predict. Does the show go over? That's a that's a real awful prediction. But here's an interesting one. As a tiebreaker, yeah, go for it. Um, seeing as how there have been reports that Jeff Hardy is getting a singles push, mm-hmm. do the Hardy brothers break up? Wait, did we did we predict that one? I don't remember picking Seamus and Cesaro Hardy's. Oh no, we did not. We mentioned it. We did not. We did not do it. So Cesaro Hardy's. Who I'm going to go with Cesaro. Well, well, then we still need a tiebreaker because you're also going Cesaro. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that was my tiebreaker though. Is if the Hardys break up after this to allow for Jeff to have a singles run and to start getting into the broken Matt Hardy game? Well, what do you think they're going to do? Uh, I say yes. Especially since we've seen the teases about, um, you know, we've we've seen the rumors of a Jeff Hardy singles push, and then there was a thing on Matt Hardy's Twitter account, which is just like full of I'm making references to my old character that's coming soon. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I guess I have to say no because you said yes, but. Uh, also, I think that they'll 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 give it. I don't think they'll break up at the pay per view because I think that they'll give it another month of story before they break them up. Okay, I think they'll they're more likely to break them up at a future pay per view. In fact, isn't uh, Money in the Bank the next pay per view? For- well, that's SmackDown. Is it SmackDown? Yeah, Money in the Bank SmackDown's exclusive. Exclusive? Fuck. 
What's the next Raw one after this? They were before they were doing them every two fucking weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, all right, I, I, that's our predictions. So let's let's move on like, with news. Here's a, here. First off, Matt Hardy's Twitter is now conflicted, Matt. And <laughs> that is so. I really hope that they don't. That's not their like solution. The like Balor Club solution or the club solution. I really if they try to make him conflicted, Matt. That is that is fucking no, stupid. I'm pretty sure he's calling himself conflicted Matt right now because he's not broken Matt, but he also kind of is. Right. So that's, that's fair. I'm just saying. But if, like, here's him tweeting about how he employs a gardener. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, we're going down the road, but we're not there yet. Um. So let's let's uh, let's that's our that's our predictions. We're we're we were about forty minutes in, so I want to breeze through some news here real quick. Wait, um, can we just say something about SmackDown? Oh, right, we didn't cover SmackDown. That's what, well, that was what I was about to get to. Actually, next was SmackDown As because all you all you really need to know is that fucking nothing happened on SmackDown. Charlotte However, maybe face. Th- yeah, maybe a Charlotte face turn, but. Uh, the the really smart thing that they did mm-hmm. was they had a Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan match, which was whatever. But I heard that it was fine, but the commercial break kind of fucked up the pacing. But then when it came, you know, when they were done, Jinder uh, comes out and beats down with the Singh brothers. With the Singh brothers comes out and beats down Orton, and then he steals the WWE belt, and then they get in a limo and drive away, which is cash money. Now that's goofy, but it also shows that Jinder just ran away with the title, so they can't have the title on the line for the House of Horrors match because Jinder has it. Ergo, <laughs> <laughs> so at least they did something that. Plot explains why the House of Horrors match isn't a title match. I wish that they were because Orton doesn't have it. I wish they weren't going so heavy-handed on the evil foreigner heel gimmick and just let gender be gender because gender. Um, because he's Jack now and he's he has the potential to be a decent villain, but I just feel like a they need to turn Randy Orton heel sooner rather than later which I think is why they're training AJ Styles face is because I think that they're going to transition that to being the next promo. Oh, extreme rules is the next raw one for what it's worth. Oh boy. So have the Hardys solo compete in that one. Maybe who knows? Um, bring back edge. Let him die. I mean, I'm not hoping death on anybody and edge seems like a pretty sweet guy, but bring back Dudley's get them back under contract. Anyway, uh, I just wish they would let gender, you know, be gender and not have to do the evil foreign heel gimmick. But it is what it is. I'm actually okay with that. Charlotte turning into like a like not super on board with being a face face where it's like I kind of have to align myself with Naomi because all of the heel women besides me are going to try to fuck me up. Yeah, and then it's there's fine. there's an earlier promo package where Becky they're talking to Becky backstage and like, oh man, how are you excited to you know how do you feel about Charlotte coming back on the on your show? Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
you know, Charlotte and I have a really complicated past and, and, you know, I, she got results and, you know, I don't agree with how she got them, but she's still a great competitor. And, and it was very much like a Charlotte's still my friend, right? but I don't agree with her. And so they could move Charlotte into like a tag. Let me try to get back to being your friend story. Women's tag belts. Oh God, no. If, if they had a deeper division or their own show, which is what I'm about to get into. So SmackDown women's division has lately had, aside from the clusterfuck that was the week and a half leading up to WrestleMania, which we're also going to quickly circle back to because of Shaq's comments. Um, aside from that little debacle, SmackDown women's division has had some of the better storylines going on in the whole company. Like over the last couple months. Sure. Um, and I'm actually pretty intrigued with the whole Charlotte not being a face, but being forced to align with the faces because the other heels are going to give her hell. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was, do you think that they should be giving the SmackDown women's division more time on the card? Um, which they were main event of SmackDown and they have main evented previously, which shows that they do have a lot of confidence in them. Um, but do you think that they should potentially be giving the women more time on the card? I mean, why not? Sure. Right. I don't like, I don't give a shit what they do as long as they give me good stuff to watch. Sure. If they make the women great and interesting, give them more time. Right. If they say, yes, let's give the women more time by having brawn panties shit. Like, no, right. So, well, no, 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 no. Of course, we don't want to go backwards to like early attitude era. But if you're, if you're saying give them more time and all they have to give is like bullshit romance storylines and stuff, like don't push them with nothing to do with them. So as long as creative can handle them, which I, I can't make a smaller, I can't, I, I can't make a bigger eye roll about putting my trust in creative to handle something properly. I think SmackDown's done a lot better than Raw. Like, because they, they are different creative teams now. Yeah. So and, and I agree, but it's still WWE. So, that gets me into Shaq's comments. I don't know if you heard about what he said. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like classic WWE creative, so where for, they're like, hey, let's do some. And he says, yes. Yeah. And then they say, Hey, we're not going to do that. He right. says, okay. And then they say, no, we're going to do that. And he goes, it's too late. Yeah. You already said you weren't. Basically, for those of you who, who don't know yet, he was on his own podcast on Podcast One, uh, Shaq's show. And that's pretty much exactly what he said, was that they originally had him. Because Big Show went on to, was it Jericho? Or Sam Roberts? Like Sports Illustrated? No, I think it was Sam Roberts' podcast. Uh, Big Show went on to Sam Roberts, I believe, and said the match was canceled because Shaq wasn't in ring shape and didn't have the time commitment to maintain that level of physicality, which would have been believable. But then Shaq on his podcast is like, nope, and said that he had the match on the books and that apparently Cena was supposed to fight Undertaker and Shaq was supposed to fight Big Show and Miz was supposed to fight a debuting Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, and then when Kevin Dunn came up with the idea of Cena's engagement, they were going to move AJ Styles into that match with Taker. But then seeing Taker's condition, 
they decided Vince decided to short notice put Roman in that match to give him the rub on the way out, on a taker's way out the door, and then AJ got moved to Shane. And they came up with another match idea for Big Show, so they canceled the Shaq thing. They told him it was canceled. They moved stuff around, and then when they didn't find something to do with Big Show, they reached back out to Shaq, but he had already made other commitments, so he told him, he said on the podcast, they blew it. They're the ones who messed this up, not me. Um, and while we had previously been shitting on Shaq for being lazy, uh, his comments make perfect sense exactly that wwe dropped the ball on something because of course they fucking did right uh i do want to hurry up real quick and get through a couple more things while we have the time real quick uh i think i may have mentioned this the other week but aj uh mendez brooks aka aj lee's book came out the crazy is my superpower yeah uh awesome book the snippets i've read from it have been really good and i'm hoping to pick up a copy mm-hmm. looks like a great book about how growing up poor and uh family with mental health issues and then dealing with that during her career so check that book out just gonna throw out that quick reference we can move on Corey poindexter with the three weeks old book recommendation well hey but, a book came out two months ago you should read it it hadn't been that long <laughs> okay anyway uh rusev apparently got some heat backstage for cutting his hair where are you getting the source on that uh I my source is from Russell is from Russell Talk, but they got it from either the Insider or the Observer or uh, PW Insider. They said that what happened was that he cut the. Remember he cut his hair short. Yeah. Apparently he did that without asking permission. And when it comes to major changes in your look, um, it's not heat to the point where like they're not going to book him on the show, but the people are irritated because Mattel or Hasbro, one of the whoever does the is it Mattel who who does the action figure lines. Oh, um, you would know better than I should know Mattel Mattel. Uh, So they have the action figure lines coming out and they have two different Rusev action figures. One is just Rusev and one is a package with Lana, but he has long hair in it. And so they're worried that that might, the Mattel is worried that that's going to impact sales because now it's dated already, um, which they have passed that annoyance onto WWE who have then been like, God damn it, Rusev. Why didn't you ask? Because they have promo stuff they've shot for upcoming events where he has long hair, these action figures. And so Man, if WWE cares about their presentation, you think they'd, you know, look at WWE 2K17 once. That's also true. Jesus, your eyes right now, Bob. You're freaking me out. We're right like, here. oh man, this guy cut his hair, and so no one's gonna buy these toys. How about you stop having fucking JBL, Cole, and Lawler as your announce team on your video games? We did this discussion last Ugh. week. We did this last week, but I agree with you. Although I did have one more uh, observation from playing the game since last week: uh, the opening video packages for the shows that you can't skip. Uh, how many people in that are not with the company or oh, have been rebranded? Be like half swaggers in there, pages in there. Also, fun fact: uh, Diego and Fernando Los Matadores from their face gimmick are in the video <laughs> package. So since then, they went heel, shining stars to Epico and Primo. So they are at least two, possibly three gimmicks behind on that on those wrestlers. Uh, for a game that has the title of this year, yes. um, which I know it was developed early last year, but still, like, you gotta update some shit, or patch I mean, it, DLC it, do something. 
did you not know that you were going to change the Los Matadores? They had to have known at least their, like, I imagine they had to have right? They had about, to have been at least the Shining Stars. Right, or the Cruiserweight Classic, like or like the Cruiserweight Stars. There's just so many missed opportunities, and we haven't even heard anything. I haven't heard anything about the new game that they're yeah. apparently working they, on. They won't They won't give a, a news about that until the start of E3. Sure. Um, Tajiri has been released. Yeah. Or he's come to a mutual walk away. Right. Um, kind of sad, but at the same time, like, old. what are they going to do with him? They really just seem to be like, oh, man, let's start this cruiserweight division and hire everybody and then yeah. do nothing with everybody. Yeah. And you're like... So, it's cool that you have all these people, but when and he's 90 percent of them are sitting too. backstage, he's forty seven too. Yeah, which you know, I, I get the whole laws, but Goldberg laws, but trips, but like he's forty seven in the cruiserweight division. It's a different kind of thing. You can be late forties and just stand in the ring and trade blows. You can't be forty seven and doing flips. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work. In addition to that. Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett are signed. They have not debuted mm-hmm. yet. Galloway is signed. Mm-hmm. He has debuted in NXT. Um, and here's here's the thing: is Adam Cole of the Bullet Club? Uh, it looks like he's not going to renew with Ring of Honor potentially. Uh-huh. Um, he has said that he would like to go to NXT, uh, start there for a little while, and then work his way up to the roster. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's a good decision if he does it. He could go New Japan. He could stay Ring of Honor. We don't know, but. Um, there's lots of interesting things going on there, but the reason I mention all that is that usually post mania is when we see the the day of future endeavors. Yeah. Usually post mania we see a day where like a large portion of people get released. So far, all we've seen since mania is a tough enough winner, Josh Brendel, Chris Atkins, who notoriously was terrible, uh, Andrea DeMarco, the backstage announcer. And now Tajiri. But Tajiri walked away of his own accord yeah. rather than being a trainer. So those three are gone. I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, is there anyone else that you think right now could be released for incoming talent? Because keep in mind, there's some people in NXT that should potentially get calls up at some point. DIY, eventually Occam and Razer, um, and uh, the authors of Bane. Uh, also, Bobby Roode, potentially. Uh, Roderick Strong potentially there's a lot of people who could get called up and they and some of them could go cruiserweight but probably won't because there's not a tag division in cruiserweight right now um thank god they don't get enough time for singles and then uh so there's some people who get called up to main roster and then there's also a lot of new talent coming in NXT is there anyone you think of on the roster NXT or main that could be released for what will probably happen eventually um realistically I could see both members of Golden Truth being encouraged to retire. That's one that I had on my short list. Um I mean Cena's he's said in the past how he doesn't want to wrestle past 40 and, and to yesterday or something was his 40th birthday. He got naked with Nikki Bella on their YouTube channel. In celebration of his 40th, combined with them getting 500,000 subscribers. Cool. And uh, so... But not counting... He's obviously part-time now and will be even more part-time Not counting people like Cena, who's going to be part-time, Henry, Kane, people who are already like... Foot out the door. Well, well, foot into retirement. I would say part-time. You know, Mark Henry's not coming in every week. 
you know, and Kane's running for mayor right now. So like not counting those type of, I'm talking about people who are still like active, active yeah. roster. Um, I have Bo Dallas, but the only complication being he's Bray's brother. Yeah. And much like we speculated about them signing Del Rio just to get Paige, I imagine they would keep Bo around just to keep Bray happier. Sure. Um, however, it seems like Paige is well, yeah, I, out. So, right. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I could see Summer Rae getting, getting the can. I know she's been out with an injury, but like... She's not a great wrestler. Sorry. <laughs> there are way better women's wrestlers in NXT that sure. deserve her main roster spot. Sure. Um, I have Aiden English as a possible. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're they're kind of using him right now, but they're really just using him as a, a heel jobber so that faces sure. can go over him. Right. Which, to that point, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, but I mean, you do need... I'm just... Enhancement talent. Every 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 wrestling roster has roles. Yeah. You have your main event face. You have your main event heel. You have, like, a monster. You have a comedy act. You have... Mid-carters. You know, there are all these roles. Yeah. And WWE has a bunch of people in these roles, but the, I'm, I'm just trying to think of who is, A, bad at the role, and right. B... Like, what roles can they use, and maybe, what roles don't they need anymore? Maybe Zack Ryder. And they always do need some kind of jobber who right. can on put both over on both people. face and heel alignments. Yeah, but, um, but maybe like, maybe like Zack Ryder. It's somebody who, let's be honest, he's. I mean, you could keep him as enhancement talent, but is that something that he's going to even? want to do be interested in doing and you don't really have room on either mid card right now for him to be a face um you could put him in with a feud with mojo raleigh to get raleigh heel i'd i'd keep mojo face and turn rider heel rider heel so that mojo can go like have rider come back be like oh you have so many opportunities now that i'm gone like you're taking my opportunities mojo's like nah man i'm just doing my thing i'm just mojo raleigh I have Ho Ho Lun because what has that guy done in the cruiserweights like um, at all? And also he's kind of meh. But well, he China is terrible. Tie, but yeah. the China tie is the only. But thing. has he even? He's certainly not been on Raw. No, he's but he is under. Is contract. he even on two hundred five? He's on house show stuff, I think, right now, like house show cruiserweights. Mm. But still, just saying, he's not good. No, he's he's there because of China. Yes. Um. So I'm gonna hurry up and bust right through these because there's one last topic I want to get to for today and we're already getting to be a large show today. Uh, First off, did Seth steal the rain trigger from Kenny Omega? I don't know if you've heard about this or seen the moves. There's a side-by-side comparison of them that I'm going to show to you real quick for everyone at home. You can Before you even do this, I will say one, who the fuck cares? Sure. Two, Kenny Omega doesn't care, as mentioned on his, his Twitter. Twitter. So, really, this whole debate that we're about to have is an argument about nothing. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can see that opinion. Because guess what? People use the same wrestling moves. How many... Did Roman steal the spear from Edge? 
did Edge steal the steal the spear from whoever used it before him? Did whoever used that steal the spear? Like moves get reused. Sorry, it happens. There are only so many moves you can use. I guess I think like the, I think the difference is that Kenny Omega is a top indie star that WWE is salty about the fact that they didn't get uh, from New Japan and that he opted to stay in Japan rather than come over because they they talked sure and they didn't. And that is still one of his active finishers right now. So I think that... But it's also, like, not his defining finisher. Sure. The rain trigger is not his... It's not the one-winged angel. No. Uh, On the account, Jerk the Curtain, uh, he has a video comparing the two. And I'm not even going to play with audio right now. But you can watch it online. And you can see where Seth debuted on Raw officially. Uh, and then immediately followed, they showed that it Kenny doing the move, and it's I mean it's very 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 similar, sure in execution, especially the fact that they do that kind of like winding the top kind of thing where they have the person's arm and use that kind of like a top pull to pull around. I can see where it's like who cares? People reuse moves. On the other hand, I could definitely see it being like a them telling Seth, hey. We'd like to you to do this as your new finisher as kind of like a dig on somebody who didn't come to the company. I don't know. I don't know. What I will say that I do know for sure is that Kenny Omega doesn't care. Publicly has stated that he doesn't care. And it also kind of storyline makes sense that Rollins goes out with a knee injury only to come back and use that knee to finish people. Sure. Like, it's like, oh, fuck you. I'm not hurt. I'm so not hurt. I'm going to show you how not hurt I am by hurting you with the thing that you think is hurt. Sure. Like, it makes storyline sense why you'd use that move. And it does. So the last thing I want to talk about before we get the fuck out of here today is big news. Usually, when someone gets a biopic, they've been dead for a while. And people get to go back and independently of the person looking over their shoulder, they get to go, who was this man? Who Mm -hmm. was this person? What did they do? What were their faults? But what were their strengths? Um, But Vince McMahon is no ordinary person. No. Why wait until you've been dead for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, or even like Steve Jobs, like five years? He had just cooled off. And they're like, let's get two, three, five movies about him. Whoop. Instead, Vince McMahon's getting his biopic while he's still fucking alive. Uh, it's apparently been greenlit. Uh, and the guy producing it did uh, American Sniper. Yeah, the the two directors uh, wrote and directed Crazy Stupid Love and I Love You, Philip Morris. And I did like I Love You, Philip directed, Morris. Our direct and executive produced the TV series This Is Us. So I know all stuff. this off the top of my head because I wrote this article yesterday. Whoop, whoop. So good. There is some good stuff about it. Uh, obviously, it's a little interesting in terms of what are they going to talk about in this movie? But more importantly, what are they going to not talk about? Oh, yeah. No, I. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This movie was originally shopped last summer around the studios and they all passed it on it because WWE and Vince did not give it the OK. Sure. WWE and Vince have now given it the okay. So what did they soften? Exactly. What? I bet you Jimmy Snooka's name doesn't get mentioned. I bet you Deborah uh, 
Austin yeah. doesn't get mentioned. I bet you the word steroids doesn't, doesn't get, get said. Territories. I, I, I mean, I don't know how they could do the Vince McMahon story without mentioning the fact that he broke up the territories. And maybe by this point of his life, he's got a raging erection for the I'm the guy who destroyed the way it used to be. Maybe not phrased that way. Um, but I don't know how they can do the Vince McMahon story without being like, you took your father's company and did exactly what he asked you not to do. And he revolutionized wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but you did destroy the territory system. Another thing is, I know that they're on better terms with Hulk Hogan, but does Hulk Hogan appear in this film? We don't know. Uh, we don't know a lot about it. Honestly, though, it, it'd be really in, like, because Vince's life story is off. <laughs> You could you could make ten movies about Vince's life story. So much stuff because I mean shit like the, the guy didn't even know who his father was until he was twelve. Right. So like, there's it, a, it, there, a lot you could that. you could do like a movie of him starting to work for his dad as an announcer in the WWF. Right. Up to him buying it, is it called from his pandemonium. dad. Right. Up to buying it from his dad. Right. Up to having the first WrestleMania up to the attitude area with, up with Austin, to the Austin feud. buying out WCW up to like you, you see all of these points in Vince's life. Like so I have much. no clue what this scope of this movie is going to sure. be about, you know, and, and like I said, it's definitely regardless of what it is. It definitely has been softened sure and probably isn't going to be as accurate as we want it to be but that's the other thing is he's alive and he's and he's approved it which means that he's gone through it and been like you can't talk about that and also you need to make me look strong put me over in this script like exactly like now this is a whole we're gonna see it could be a train wreck it could be awesome it could be an awesome train wreck we don't know but what we do know is who we can speculate would be what casted. we know is what we're guessing. And that's what I'm saying. Who we know is who we can imagine being Vince McMahon in the Vince McMahon Vincent story. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So I'm gonna throw out some names to you. I I, I did some research today. Uh-huh. I went to uh, a website that I can't remember the name of it now, which sucks. But uh, Google search, do I look like this celebrity? And it's one of the top results. It's like mycelebface.com or something like that. Sure. And I uploaded about 30 different pictures of Vince McMahon from across time uh-huh childhood photos of him photos of him as the guy on saturday night's main event uh photos of him from like attitude era to photos of him now mm-hmm. i ruled out the ones who were not actors and obviously the ones who were dead sure uh there were a couple who have passed away that i was like there was one like something mcmurray i was like oh my god it's like he's identical and he was even kind of a bigger jack guy mm-hmm. and i was like he'd be perfect and it was like passed away in 1992 i was like never mind <laughs> <laughs> he would have been perfect. Uh, so here's a couple. Uh, purely, uh, and I just want to get your opinion on the actor. Uh, gut reaction, and then I, if, if I feel strongly inclined, I'll go ahead and defend them a little bit. But uh, the purely visual, from a purely visual standpoint for the first guy, uh, Eric uh, Mabius, he's known for being uh, Daniel Mead on Ugly Betty. Uh, he was also in Resident Evil and Cruel Intentions. This is what he looks like. You can look him up on your own. Okay. Home. And I'm and this is more for like middle aged Vince. Eh. 
He's got kind of like the face shape is kind of right. He is already a little bit muscular, so it would not be hard for him to bulk up. Like probably not to Vince standards, but bulk up. Uh, you you did not seem rather enthused with him. Nah. Okay, next is t- again this one being purely purely a look. Uh, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, he's known for working on Hitman. Uh, live free or die hard. Uh, just uh, justified the show on FX. Again, this is a visual one, possibly for again middle-aged Vincent. Maybe. Uh, and then the last one. This one would be a stretch. I would honestly be intrigued if this person uh, was like interested in going down this acting road, since he's known for hosting TV shows, like game shows, mm-hmm. but has acted some before mostly a host uh tom bergenon the guy who has dancing with the stars as a middle to older vince has the visually i think he's the best the face looks so close to vince mcmahon to me that if you just if but it could he act is the big thing Mm -hmm. uh also for young vince i uh i wrote down bill Hader for younger vince and I'm talking like just when he started to host Saturday night's main event and comment. All right. But the one that for young Vince that I really uh, was like, oh, wow. If you look up a photo of old of older Vince and then Michael Sarah, the <laughs> face is really kind of fucking uncanny. A little bit. He could. I'm telling you, if you look, if you Google it right now, his forehead got bigger as he got older. So if you Google search like Saturday Night Main Event Vince McMahon, and then look at this picture of Michael Sarah side by side with it, and I'll give you a second to do it. It's it's pretty creepy. the The whole face is pretty not, pretty close. Not bad. Uh, and Michael Sarah has acting chops, so he could probably do it. And keep in mind, Vince wasn't Vince. Back then, he was just, I'm Vince McMahon, and, you know, I'm the commentator. Um, so we got a big no on Mabius, Oliphant, and Bergenon, and a maybe on Michael Sarah, and an eh on Bill Hader. For these next ones, I think you'll know who I'm talking about for almost all of them. Uh, so I just want to get your gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Think about what they look like r- roughly. Again, it's not going to be perfect, um, but then acting chops. John Hamm. You don't see John Hamm as a as a as a Vince McMahon, Hugh Jackman, and keeping in mind he was a huge fan, no pun intended, of the WWE product. So he's a possible get. Yeah, you don't see him. I mean, better than better than yeah, John Hamm. Yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe. See, he definitely gets that French. I owe you one, pal. Yeah. Kind of mentality in my mind. I definitely... He could go dark, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Neeson. He's got a very good facial structure to be big. Yeah. Um, I, I could see... I could see Liam. Uh, this is an interesting one, because I don't know that I've ever seen him do something like, like this role before, but I looked at his face and went, I could see it. Michael Ian Black. <sighs> And the thing with Michael Ian Black is he's babyface enough 
that he could definitely do the young Vince, but you could keep the same actor and transition him into older Vince because he does have the right facial structure. I've just never heard him do the type of voice or act like uh, a character like older Vince, like current Vince. So, eh, maybe. Me, uh, I don't know. I just don't know if Michael Ian Black would want to do something that sure. serious. The last two are Sean Hayes, Mm-hmm. Famous for, uh, you know, I'm talking about famous for Will and Grace. Uh, he was also has cameo, famous cameos on a lot of shows like uh, Scrubs. Uh, Wait, who is he on Will and Grace? Jack? Yeah. No. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's Jack. Is is he is he Jack on Will and Grace? Is that right? Well, if you're saying Jack from yes. Will and Grace should be fucking Vince McMahon, the no, answer is at, no. Look at him. And also, don't think of him as Jack from Will and Grace. The, I'm the thinking actor. of the actor, and I just don't think that the it. actor could pull off Vince McMahon. Fair In all enough. fairness, I think there's like maybe three or four actors that could do a somewhat good job of Vince McMahon. And I'm not basing this at all on looks, because guess what, Corey? Right. Movies are fake, and you can change the appearance of somebody. I get that, but I'm saying these are act- most of these are people I think would have the acting chops to do it. I've seen Sean Hayes. You named a game show host. Oh no, no, no! no. In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, before I said Tom Bergeron, he was in the three that I said these three are purely a visual. Those three are separate they are, that was purely based on they look kind of like him from a period of his life the last one is dennis o'hare uh people know him from milk dallas buyers club and uh, american horror story um he's got a, a pretty wide range for his acting uh i thought he's been really good in most of the things that he's been in uh and visually you know not a perfect match but close enough, I feel like, that you mm-hmm. could probably pull it off. Uh, do you have any suggestions since you're a, a, a crack casting director over there? Shitting all over my picks! I'm not shitting all got? over your picks. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm they're fun. like two of them that are absurd. I'm making fun. Who would you put <sighs> from See, this list? Again, like... <laughs> no, but for, for, for real. To think of who could play the insanity tornado that is wait a second i think you're onto something bob the only one who could play vincent mcmahon in this movie is vincent kennedy mcmahon are they just crazy enough to cast vince mcmahon as himself in his own own biopic (laughs) they would be yes uh my answer was going to be jk simmons Oh, I could see that. Who, and he's well, well, he may not look the part. I mean, look at him in was Whip, the whiplash. whiplash. Yeah. yeah, like if that's not Vince McMahon like running drills with a wrestler, I don't know what is. That's a fair point, dude. I think that J.K. Simmons really could pull it off. Um, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? When this when this film comes yeah. out. Uh, anyway. I think that about does it for today's episode. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find Bob Feckety at Bob Feckety on Twitter, at Soldier Scuzzy for soda reviews on Instagram. You can find me on both at CB Point Dexter. And you can find the both of us on Twitter at Small Package POD. That's POD for podcast. And on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Small Package POD. Uh, we have a ton of videos that we posted from Evolve 82. Uh, in, unless you're going to strike them for copyright and remove them, in which case we don't have any videos from Evolve 82 on our Facebook. Ignore what he just said. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week with more wrestling news and also results from payback. So that and more 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you right here next week on Small Package. Small Package.